Happy New Year and happy 2021. We are excited to be back with the EFTA What I Wish I Knew podcast for season two. Um, We have some great guests and interviews for you guys this season, and um, we're excited to dive into more of our young professionals in Montgomery County, but also from across the country. Um, There are some great life lessons. We've got some um, servicemen and women that will be speaking with you guys and answering questions. We will have time within this season to um, have listeners submit questions, and um, we're just really excited to continue to introduce you to young professionals from our community to help inspire you to um, reach your dreams and reach your career goals. So enjoy this episode. Let me start by saying if you are a note taker, get your pen and paper ready for this episode. Um, There are some great nuggets and takeaways and I've filled up three quarters to almost the whole page while speaking with our guest today and um, I encourage you to do the same. On today's episode, I get to chat with Lucy Gomez, who is the Vice President of Programs and Operations at Interfaith of the Woodlands. Lucy has worked at Interface since 2005 in family services and most recently held the position of Director of Programs and Services. Lucy has a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Anthropology from the University of Texas at San Antonio and a Master's degree in International Relations from the University of Kent in Canterbury in in the United Kingdom. Lucy shares on this episode, she's heard about her education decisions, her experience and advice for living and studying abroad, and what it means to her to be in the position of continuing the legacy of service while in her faith. If you are listening and have a desire to study abroad or work in an area of service towards others, this is a great episode and I encourage you to listen all the way through. I love towards the end when Lucy shares her three hashtags for her leadership aspirations, Hashtag servant leader, hashtag inspire, and hashtag excellence. If you're in the Woodlands and you're familiar with Interfaith, um, it is a nonprofit social service agency providing numerous programs and services to meet the needs of the Woodlands, of people in the Woodlands and in surrounding areas. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to the What I Wish a New podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be here and chat. Well, I am excited to get to talk with you. I know we've worked with you and Interfaith with the Woodlands for many years, or I have, and I don't know that I know your full story. And so um, for listeners out there, this is exciting for you, but I'm also kind of excited to learn more about you. So I've already given our listeners a little bit of info about you on our intro, but if we can hear it from you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, so um, my name is Lucy Gomez. I'm a native Texan. I'm currently the Vice President of Programs and Operations for Interfaith of the Woodlands, which is um, our hometown nonprofit agency um, here in South Montgomery County. I've worked in social services for 14 years and I've really found fulfillment, even though that was not my career plan um, when I started college and on to postgraduate schooling. I really have um, built a career that I've come to love and enjoy um, every day. Um, I hold a bachelor's degree in anthropology from UTSA and a master's degree in international relations from the University of Kent in the UK. Cool, the the UK, so you've traveled abroad. (laughs) I 
have um, kind of, I've kind of had this theme um, in my adult life of unexpected adventure okay. um, and just being open to that. And so um, it's really funny. I was a junior in college and uh, someone that sat next to me in my um, algebra class, um, her uh, best friend was at the same university studying human rights and it really interests me yeah. and it just kind of grew from there and the next after I graduated the ne very next fall I was enrolled um, in the master's program so um, very exciting yeah I, I loved my adventure abroad <laughs> so what would you say to uh, I know we have some students and some listeners that we work with at EFTA, what would you say to someone that maybe wants to do study abroad or wants to go to college right from high school abroad? Kind of what would be, I don't know, some advice or encouragement for them? Sure. So I, the very first kind of piece of advice I would give is that you have to know yourself. I have a little bit of an or unorthodox um, story. I actually right out of high school didn't know what I wanted to study in college. And so I was a live-in nanny for five years. Oh, wow. So as my friends that I graduated high school with were graduating college, I decided, oh, I better maybe go to college and get, get a degree. Um, and so I was a little bit more of a mature um, college student, particularly in my undergrad. Um, and I really knew myself. I'd already been in any, I traveled around the world with the family um, that I worked for. And so it was a really neat opportunity. Um, I kind of did it on the flip side. I was a, an adult kind of living the adult life, um, getting, that was my job. So I was getting paid for it. Um, and then after that, I took a pause and went to school um, and had some liberties and freedom to kind of explore who I really was. Um, but I would say when you travel abroad or even out of the state, um, I lived in New York City, for example, um, you really have to know who you are. Um, and be strong in your convictions. And um, I have a really strong family network. Um, and so I knew that people back home loved me, supported me, and it really gave me the freedom to kind of explore who I was, what I wanted out of life, who, who I even wanted to have in my life, what kind of friends I wanted, what kind of professional mentors um, that I wanted. Um, I really took my time I almost saw it like an investment and I was very kind of um, strategic in my time and who I wanted to invest and have people invest in my life. Um, so when you travel abroad, everything is so new um, that it is helpful if you kind of are strong in, in who you are and, and have that. Um, and then I would just say, be open-minded. You have to be open-minded um, to adventures, to people, to cultures. Um, I always say um, I have more culture shock coming back home to Texas than I do going to, you know, out of the country or, or different states. Um, so, um, yeah, knowing who you are and then being open-minded really will get you far when you're traveling internationally. Yeah, no, that's great. I love, yeah, know yourself, be strong in your convictions. I think having a supportive family definitely to be able to go like not let you but like be okay with you moving to New York or be okay with sure. you going abroad to like 
I'm very close to my family. I don't, I, I don't, I didn't even consider study abroad because I was like, I can't do that. So I, I love that you, I love that that's something that you mentioned. You said in your intro that you um, kind of nonprofit world service was not what you had planned. So what was the moment or what did you feel like you were being called to whenever you selected that and then stayed with it? Sure. So, um, you know, idealistically, when I am um, in, you know, undergraduate school and you get, um, you have room in your schedule to take electives, I took things that I was interested in. Um, so, for example, before I declared um, my major, I saw an intro to cultural anthropology course. And so I took it thinking, oh, I love museums. Maybe I could be a museum curator, you know, maybe kind of um, exploring cultures that always interest me. Travel always interests me. I was a really big reader um, as a young child and into high school. And so, you know, I just found a class that I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, I took a literature class because I thought, well, um, you know, I might want to be a writer. So let's let's try that. I mean, you have not a lot of room for electives in undergrad, but you do have some. And so right. I would always say, I would always, you know, give the advice to take something you're interested in, because then you can explore and say, okay, is this a career or is it not? Right. Um, so what I did for the um, for my career path is um, once I took those electives and I thought, okay, I might want to do this. You know, I thought for probably a semester, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Well, that quickly after one, <laughs> I was like, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> Um, and so you kind of just have to give yourself a little bit of grace to explore and it's okay if you make a mistake it's okay if you take a class and you know you're just not interested that's okay mm -hmm. and you have to let yourself be okay with that because unexpectedly you might find something that you're really you know, gets you in your core and you become passionate about it. So ultimately what I wanted to work for was the United Nations. I don't know why. Um, it probably stems back to when I was a kid and trick-or-treating for UNICEF, I would always see kind of the neighborhood could kids do that and have these little boxes out at the grocery stores. Um, and UNICEF, if you don't know, is um, a part of the United Nations that's an emergency fund for uh, children's um, initiatives all around the world internationally. And the United States has what they call the US Fund for UNICEF. It's a nonprofit organization that raises money to fund all of the initiatives that UNICEF does. And so in my mind, I thought, okay, the goal is to get to the United Nations. The United Nations was kind of like my um, church, if you will, like the Holy of Holies. I wanted to get there. And I knew it was gonna take me a career to build to get there. Right. Um, and so I was I was willing to do that. How do I do? I sat down, I made a plan. Um, I was gonna get you know, my undergrad, I wanted to go and get a, a master's degree in human rights because I wanted to be that advocate. Um, and then I was gonna come home, take a year off, join the Peace Corps, um, finish that for two years and then get a State Department job. Mm -hmm. um, and all of these kind of were steps to the United Nations, right? You can't um, just kind of go in as a young right. you know, <laughs> person in your 20s and you're you know ready to rule the world. It doesn't yeah. work like that. <laughs> uh, 
So I had this plan. Um, I was doing pretty well. Um, and then I came home after graduate school, after England, um, and decided I was going to take a year off and just take a break, enjoy my family. My sister had um, been married and was trying to have a baby. So we were going to wait uh, for family reasons and just mm -hmm. before I leave again. Um, and then unexpectedly, things happen in life. Um, my aunt passed away and my mom um, adopted in her mid-50s um, two girls. And so um, after kind of contemplating and, and, and thinking about it, I decided to stay home yeah. and help my mom raise them um, until I graduated high school. Um, so around that time, I started working for Interfaith never thought about social services, right. wanted to be an advocate, wanted to help people. Um, and my passion is to serve and to help. And so that can be translated in so many different ways. You can be a banker and serve and help. Right. You can be a, you know, an accountant. You, you can be so many things and still be a servant and a servant leader. Um, and so I found myself working at Interfaith as a program coordinator, doing providing direct services for basic needs assistance for our neighbors. And I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, it was not, not anything on my radar that I planned for. It kind of just fell into my lap. Um, I will say I worked at our preschool when I was younger. And so I knew of Interfaith. Um, my family moved to the Woodlands in the mid nineties. And so of course, growing up in the Woodlands, you know of Interfaith. Right. Um, and so I started working and serving and just loving it. And all of a sudden it's 14 years later and I'm still here and um, you know, have built a really good um, career for myself. Um, I'm honored uh, to, to be able to work here in, in such a place that has so much history and legacy. Um, and so I will say, you know, things, you know, life happens and things do not go according to plan. Um, but I feel like if you're open, um, you will always find kind of what's true to you. And I think that you're, um, the universe or faith or whatever you believe kind of rewards um, your hard work and what you sow, you will always reap. Um, and so I feel like, yes, I wanted to serve others internationally, but I get to serve people in my own community right. now. Um, and so it, it's been very fulfilling. Yeah, well, and I know by just working with Interfaith a couple of times and then you guys being part of EFTA, the work that you guys do for our community is amazing and just always constant. And it's just, it's always there. For the spring semester of 2021, we are excited to bring back our Distinguished Speaker series. This series is for local high school students to log in, join us via Zoom, to hear from leaders from companies in our community, but also companies from across the country. These sessions will take place twice a month on the first and third Thursday of every month from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. To learn more details and to register in advance, visit the EFTA website, www.efta-us.org, and click on our virtual speaking events. Um, you can find the details about our podcast, but also the details about our Distinguished Speaker Series for the spring semester. We look forward to having you join us. You mentioned earlier kind of taking 
really taking to heart on who your mentors and who your cheerleaders and who the people in your life are going to be. Did you do anything or did you have anyone in your life that helped you prepare for either in a, in a job of service or really kind of helped you prepare all of the kind of different changes and different choices that you made, whether it being going to college later or studying abroad, going abroad or taking the year off? Did you have anybody that kind of helped mentor you along those way to help you prepare? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't believe that you can get anywhere in life without people that are mentors or impactful, um, whether they're friends um, that, you know, you've had in childhood and you've continued that friendship into adulthood. Um, for me, um, it was a couple of uh, different people. I did have an internship um, with the U.S. Fund for UNICEF office in Houston um, when I was probably, let's see, maybe 24, 25. Um, and my supervisor at the time was just an amazing, um, you know, young woman um, early in her career. And she invested so much time time in me. I can't even say that it was job specific. It wasn't. It was the times we went out to lunch right. or the times we had coffee um, and just kind of chit chatted about world events or, um, you know, kind of what we saw ourselves doing. Even for her, um, she would talk about her kind of journey and her, what she loved about her job, what was challenging in her job. Um, and so it was more than just the professional realm, although that was important and I learned skills and how to do present presentations and things like that. Um, it was more about a professional friendship more than anything. Um, and I think those are sometimes the most valuable. Even when we have our EFT uh, A interns here um, at Interfaith, our most fun days are the days that we are just giving tours um, mm -hmm. of the different offices or having lunch or having a meeting and letting the intern talk. Um, I like to have weekly meetings with our interns, um, even though they don't work directly with me. I mean, I am um, kind of the mentor for Interfaith. And so I just like to come in on a Monday or, you know, whatever works for them and just chat for 30 minutes. I find that those times are probably the most valuable. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, I had a couple of really great college professors um, that I'm still friends with today um, on social media and email um, that really invested in me and uh, in my um, education. And so that was amazing. Teachers are just mm -hmm. um, kind of our unsung heroes um, for always and right. forever. <laughs> um, and so, you know, just really, really great um, mentors that kind of uh, saw me through my academic career, and uh, I'm forever grateful for that. Um, and then honestly, just kind of my family and um, rooting and growing me um, from a young child with the attitude of giving of your time, of your resources, of your talents. I was raised by a single mom um, and had a really great relationship with both my mom and my dad. Um, and so, um, but, but, children of single parents grow up quicker. Right. And so um, I always say I've been a 30 year old my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, I just think having a strong family unit and sometimes it's not a strong family unit, um, like our adoptive girls that are in our family. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, extended family. Sometimes it's friends that become family. Um, sometimes it's teachers. Sometimes it's your people that you, you know, play 
soccer with, or, you know, or on the debate team with you or on your dance team. Um, it's the people that you let it be in your life and influence your life choices that become kind of um, your roots. And so I think all of that really prepared me for who I am and what I do today. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Um, listeners, if you're out there and you are a note taker, this is a good session to get some good things. I'm already half a page full. Um, so <laughs> thank you, Lucy. We are going to take a short break. All right, welcome back to the What I Wish I Knew podcast. We have Lucy Gomez, who is the Vice President of Programs at Interfaith um, of the Woodlands. So thank you for, again, thank you for joining me. I wanna just kind of jump in. I'm excited to hear this answer. What would you say has been your proudest moment so far? And that can be working at Interfaith or pre-Interfaith. Absolutely. So I think my proudest moment kind of working at Interfaith is just being able to carry on the legacy um, that Interfaith of the Woodlands is. To be able to work and make a career and a living um, from an organization whose mission is just to have unity and bring people together mm -hmm. to serve their community. Um, it's such an honor for me to carry that legacy. So many have come before me that have laid the foundation. Mm -hmm. um, so many of our kind of the Woodlands pioneers have done the hard work. I just have to keep the ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, that is really um, something I'm very proud of. Um, another thing that I'm proud of here at Interfaith is um, all of the effort in leading the effort in uh, responding to Hurricane Harvey, mm -hmm. um, not only for the Woodlands, but for, South, um, for all of Montgomery County, um, the way that Interfaith was able to kind of lead that effort um, was very humbling, but also um, just a great honor. Um, for me, um, service and leadership is really an, a humbling experience, but an honor. And so um, that's something that I'm very proud of as well. Yeah. I, I said I was excited about that answer just because, and I love the answer because I know all that, and I'm sure listeners out there, you know all the interfaith does. And so I would think that it would be, I loved your answer, but I think it would kind of be hard to like pick a proud moment because you guys do so much and you have such a huge impact within our community and the people that you serve and the growing numbers of people that you serve or serving during the disaster or during COVID. And so um, I, I love what you said about like continuing in that legacy of what right. interfaith is and what it means to our, the Montgomery County community. Right, and, and, and honestly, interfaith is just a vehicle. Yeah. We're a vehicle for people to come together. It's not interfaith, it's our community that is so mm -hmm. It's the spirit of giving, the spirit of neighborly love that um, is very unique in all of Montgomery County, but particularly because this is where I live in South yeah. Montgomery County. Um, and so, you know, it's it's just kind of a great um, honor just to have the, the tool, if you will, but it's the people that really make mm -hmm. it successful. Yeah, I agree. So what would you say is your greatest challenge? Sure. So keeping on the theme of interfaith, I would say just as any 
nonprofit agency, mm -hmm. ensuring that we have the resources and the funding to meet community needs is always our biggest challenge. Right. Uh, for Interfaith, we're very lucky in that we have diversified our funding. And so we don't solely depend on grants, if you will, right. or uh, special events like a gala. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have, we generate some of our own funding. And so we try uh, to be very good stewards of the donations that were given, but also of the money that we generate, um, like at our thrift store, the Handy Up mm -hmm. Shop, um, with our telephone book, the Woodlands Directory. Um, you know, we generate some of our own revenue that way. Yeah, I forgot about the the Handy Up store. And you guys just opened up a new location, right? We did. It's a larger location. If you haven't been, it is in the old 99 cent store next to pump what used to be Pump It Up. Um, it's a massive uh, thrift store. I did not know this, but I'm told with the young people because I mean, <laughs> I'm getting older. Don't tell anyone. Um, thrifting is very trendy. Oh, is it back in? Yes, it is. And we've had a couple of uh, thrifting, let's see, influencers and bloggers that have come. And so it's been a it's been a fun experience over there. Yeah. Uh, we were actually at the Market Street for um, with a pop up shop at Market Street for the holidays. Um, so, yes, if um, any of you want listening, want to come and see what it's all about, please stop by. Yeah, no, that's great. All right. So. Our listeners out there know that this is the next two questions are my like, I love to hear, I, I love to hear all the answers, but these are the ones that I will ask on every career panel, every anything that we do. Um, where do you hope to see yourself in five years? Sure. So no matter where I am, I will probably be serving my community somewhere. I will say that even after 14 years of doing a job that I loved, but it was not in my plan, if you remember, I still monitor State Department job openings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually monitor United Nations job openings because you never know where life right. will take you. Um, so I know, I'm, I may not know where I'm employed or where I'm living, but I know I'll be serving in some capacity. Yeah, great answer. And our, a lot of our listeners are that high school age. What would you go back and tell your 17, 18 high school, high school self? Um, I would probably say have a plan for the future, but always, always, always look out for adventure. Um, our plans are rooted in our passions and require hard work and determination, but the journey can be amazingly enjoyable, uh, particularly for the unexpected paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adventure. That's not a word that it's been used in the podcast a lot and you've used it multiple times. So I, I love that. I think you had many pieces throughout the first part of this interview that I could have said, that could be a good thing to go back and tell my high school self. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Thank you. All right. So we like to just end every podcast with a couple of fun questions just to get to know you a little bit better. What would your either lead tweet or three hashtags be for your leadership aspirations? Okay, so I'm not really a tweeter, so I chose the hashtag. That's list. fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say hashtag servant leader, hashtag inspire, and hashtag excellence. Yes, those are all good. Inspire, 
and excellence. Yes. All right. Yeah. And when you're not working, how do you like to spend your day? Sure. So I try to spend as much time as I can with my family. Um, and then I like to read and I also um, am very much a novice kind of run walker jogger. I've mm -hmm. done one half marathon. And so the goal for 2021 is to do another, uh, well, a half marathon for every quarter of the year. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. We're one, one, one month in. So <laughs> I mostly walk run. It takes me a long time, but I do finish. So. Hey, it's activity. You're moving <laughs> as much as we are all sitting, just sitting at our desk in front of a computer these days. That's the little things we can do. So well, thank you so much, Lucy. I thank Interfaith of the Woodlands. You guys are a strong supporter of EFTA. You take interns every summer when when we can do interns, and um, you're just all, you're a great resource to have um, for community members, for students to get involved within our community. You guys to pour into and inspire our students and invest in our program. So. Thank you for your continued support of EFTA and for the work that you and your team does for our community and um, our expanding community. And um, I thank you for taking time to talk with me and listeners. I hope that you enjoyed hearing from Lucy. If you would like to learn more about EFTA and the programs that we offer, you can both virtually and in person whenever we can, you can visit www.efta-us.org. Thank you so much, Lucy. I really Thank enjoyed you. this. <laughs>